Welcome to Data Driven Recruiting. In this podcast, we talk about strategies and techniques for leveraging objective talent data to improve hiring processes. Welcome back to Data Driven Recruiting. My name is Sophia, and I'm joined by my co host Tigran. Hi, Tigran. Hey, hey, Sophia. So, what are we talking about today? Yeah, today um, it's an interesting topic, which is uh, using technical assessment at the top of the funnel mm-hmm. in the recruiting. Yeah, this is something we talk about a lot, but there is some misunderstanding, some you know debates and discussions around it. So uh, I'm excited to kick it off and see see where it goes. Yeah. So the general idea here is, you know, in a lot of the recruiting process, whether technical or non-technical, people start with reviewing the resumes that they receive. Because the resume is like part of the, the norm. Like when you apply, you submit a resume. And then kind of making a decision based on the resume as the first cut, first screening um, process. Mm-hmm. Um, at Code Signal, we, you know, we talk about how, you know, it's better to actually start with a skill because what you're trying to do with the resume review is trying to see whether there is a fit, there is a, you know, they meet those requirements, especially when it comes to the skills and stuff. So actually measuring skill is better than looking at the resume. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think there are interesting, you know, when you're trying to implement this in real life, there are, um, I mean, it's kind of a daunting because it's a changing the norm. Mm-hmm. And from the recruiter's point of view, and also from the candidate's point of view. So, how do you go about um, actually implementing it in real life? Yeah, I think the first thing to consider is that uh, we're not in an ideal world, right? We're far from an ideal world. Yes, ideally, you would like carefully look at everybody's resume and then you know identify some things that you could ask questions about and like connect with everybody on the phone understand them as humans, and then put everybody through an assessment still so that you can collect all the data points of the human interaction, have the review of fit based on resume, have skill assessment data. But like all of that in a world where even a small startup gets thousands of applicants is just practically impossible. So you have to make sacrifices. The question is, where can and should you make sacrifices and where you are just absolutely not allowed to make or, sacrifices? Or more trade-offs. Yeah. Or but, like yeah. Where, where, where do can... we want to focus if exactly. we have to choose our yeah, yeah. process? Yeah. So, you know, uh, one thing, for example, that comes up a lot is, uh, well, what if the candidate is not actually fit, right? Like this happens quite often is if you give everybody at the top of the funnel, everybody who applies in it, an assessment, and then after they complete the assessment and they do well, there were some basic requirements, such as like, hey, you have to be based in this specific country to apply for this job, and they still applied. Well, in my opinion, I think it shouldn't be on the recruiting team, on sourcers and recruiters reviewing applications to identify that you didn't satisfy a very basic requirement. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, every job description should very clearly state uh, in the description that like, hey, there are very core requirements. Yeah, like what are the deal job. breakers and right. make it very transparent from the yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, okay. and, and if the candidate didn't take enough care to actually read it and understand it and not apply, right? Because that's the other side that some candidates do just randomly submit applications. I think the company yeah. shouldn't be the one responsible for like, 
having to read through thousands of resumes to say, oh, okay, we're not going to give you an assessment because you don't satisfy this basic requirement. Right. Yeah. And I, I, as you mentioned with the, you know, job aggregating sites and so on, like it's really easy to just op- you submit an application to companies. Um, what that means is, yeah, like the volume that um, each job will get, like nobody can humanly like go through every single one and spend, you know, enough sufficient time to do so. So then, yeah, like, is it going to be, um, we need to have a more scalable solution, um, and it's better to find it out later than earlier. But um, just a note on that, mm-hmm. right? This is a whole other topic that we can talk about at some other time. But uh, that sort of brings you back to the future of job descriptions of like how it shouldn't just be random free from text, right? Because that's what it is right now. It's a random free from text where someone might not thinking about this scenario, put that very core requirement at the very bottom is like, Oh, by the way, you have to like satisfy these very key requirements to even be considered for the job, and you'll be instantly disqualified. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can imagine that in the future, job descriptions would be a lot smarter about like, hey, there is this thing in this job description, even if it's not at the very top, that doesn't seem to quite be a match, and it's a core requirement that will fail you right away. So don't even don't even bother applying, right? Because there's no chance whatsoever. All right, so. One of the one of the um, counter argument to having assessment at the very top of the funnel is candidate experience. So some might argue that you know when you apply for a job and the first thing you get from the company is an invitation to a test, like this could feel a little cold or like too too business like or you know, maybe it's too much. Like I want to actually get to know who you are as a company and people before I commit my time to take a test. So what's, what's your point of view on that one? Yep, absolutely. It's a, it's a good question. It's a good concern because yes, in an ideal world, every candidate that's interested in your company or has some high level interest would go through a conversation with someone who works there, who can tell them more about the company, get them excited, and then move them forward for to skill assessment. But the hard reality is that for every job, especially if it's somewhat of a popular company, you get thousands and thousands of applicants. And with thousands of applicants, even large companies only have small sourcing and recruiting teams who can never cope up with talking to everyone. Uh, but then what happens is companies get fixated on this idea is like, hey, we have to deliver a great candidate experience. So uh, let's just reject everybody whose resume doesn't look good and filter it down to like 4% or 5% of applicants and then just talk to those. Uh, well, again, it's a trade-off. If you're really worried about losing that 4 or 5% whose resume really looks good, uh, you can at least give everybody else a chance by having those take the assessment because everybody will take an assessment over a rejection letter. And I think the fact that they just kind of keep thinking about the candidate experience piece on optimizing for that, they forget that like it's the worst candidate experience to apply and be told, nope, you're not qualified for this job. Where Yeah, and not, not even having the chance to prove themselves, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Like you're just told, and most of the time there's no feedback either, right? It just says, thanks for applying. There are too many people applying, so bye. We're not interested. Yeah, or or not at all. I, I know some companies, because there is so much volume, they don't even like tell them. 
It just right. like goes into the black hole and then you just don't hear. And that's yeah. not a great candidate experience. Yeah. yeah. And the right approach is to be transparent about it too, right? Because like uh, some candidates don't think about that. Some candidates think they're one of the 10 applying. So mm. you should be talking to them. But uh, being transparent in your messaging is like within a week, we get not hundreds, but we get thousands of applicants. So the choices are we most likely will send you a rejection letter outright uh, or we have to find somewhat of a fair and objective way to sort of get the candidate volume to a smaller list of more qualified people who can then have that conversation with us. And I think when you're transparent with candidates, candidates understand and appreciate it because it makes sense, right? Like you, yeah. if you get thousands of applicants, you have to have an army to have a conversation with everybody who applies. Yeah, so I guess the one one last question about you know this idea about using skill assessment at the very top of the funnel mm -hmm. instead of resume review or um, whatever you have currently. How do you how do you kind of because uh, I mean the whole idea is there's too much too many candidates to review manually, so you need to bring it down to the top of the top people. Um, and so how do you kind of set the threshold in who passes the technical screening portion of the, um, the stage? Is it gonna be kind of a similar, like four or 5% of the, everyone who applied? Um, or like, how do you go about finding the right balance in terms of um, who moves to the next? Yeah. Well, ideally, the, your threshold should be as low as you can afford it to be in the sense that you want to give as many people a chance as possible to sort of move forward with the process. And so you're not uh, maybe disqualifying someone who was like right on the edge. They could have done it. Maybe they weren't at their best when they were taking the test. So ideally, you put it as low as possible. But then it's, again, a trade-off, right? On the one hand, you want to put the threshold high enough where you're not spending unnecessary time on interviews uh, only then to find out this person is not qualified. On the other hand, again, if you put the threshold too low, you're going to have way too many candidates clearing that. And again, you're back where you started, where you just cannot mm -hmm. afford to have those many conversations. So okay. you want to look at it from both those two sides, right? So like, how, what's our bar or like, what's our qualifying criteria? Where should, based on that, our threshold be on the scores? And then on the flip side, how many candidates can we afford, uh, given our size of our team, our interview resources, how many candidates can we afford to talk to? And then right, I guess right. there is a third element to it, which is what matters the most to us, because skill assessment obviously is only one element of it. There is a lot of argument that like uh, personality in certain jobs, right? Personality or approach or like work ethic or some of those elements could play an even bigger role than your current skill level. Uh, mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, skill assessment and your level of ability is one element. It's more important for some jobs and less important for other jobs. So you have to keep that in mind, right? Like if skill assessment is an absolute key requirement, this is a job where it's like, if you don't have this level of skill, you're just going to completely fail, then yes, absolutely set that threshold. If it's something where it's like, okay, well, this skills could pretty much be picked up on the job if you have this mm -hmm. base level. And also the internal resources to make sure that the, they can come in and learn. Exactly, yeah. right? If you have a very robust training program, again, that makes the argument for like putting a lower threshold on that qualification. Or an approach that I've seen that work well with 
a bunch of our clients is having three different layers where there is like a uh, a red zone, a yellow zone, and a green zone where if you score way too low, then it's just a no-go uh, mm-hmm. because you're not qualified at all. If you're in that yellow zone, then either there is a secondary process that sort of gathers more data or a human review of the assessment where you can manually check what happened, look at replays, look at some more manual data to make a, a more human judgment. And then there's a green zone where if you've scored off the charts, you just instantly move through the fast track process. Yeah. Yeah. I like that approach of uh, kind of a tiered um, and then having different processes for um, based on the, the performance on the results. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for your time today and insights about um, how how to and why we should put assessment at the top of the funnel. Um, for and for thanks for everyone for listening in. For more tips and insights on data-driven recruiting, please visit ddr.codesignal.com. We'll see you next time.